Did you know you're one of my favorite people that does comedy? Uh, you say that all the time, but I still don't know if I believe you, though, man. No, it's true. I know. I, you know, a lot of people, I've, I've had this uh, told to me before. My wife's best friend told me that uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind but not warm. I think that's a pretty good description of me. Yeah, I feel it. It's like there's no, like, warmth behind you. It's like, yes, this is something nice I say about you, but yes, don't touch me in any way. This is Nobody Likes KC McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, KC McLean. Alright, thank you for tuning in to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. I'm Casey McLean. Today's guest is Greg Beachler. Greg is like one of my favorite people in comedy. I said that to Greg, by the way. Sometimes I've noticed this. People will say nice things about people behind their back as frequ- as freely as they say mean things behind people's back. And I think I've I've had this realization in my family and in my life. We gotta and Greg even actually, Greg and I talk about this. Say nice things to the people you care about, okay? Uh, Greg's great. Greg's a funny comedian. He, he's uh, in the Tacoma, the Seattle and Tacoma scene. Um, has some of my favorite jokes, by the way. And by the way, if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're listening to this, just so you know, I'm starting to do these. I'm trying desperately to make this YouTube channel of mine uh, worth, sh- worth a shit. So there's going to be hopefully this this episode, intro and all that up on the YouTube. Plus I have, I put, I made a video. I made a video, everybody. Uh, it's called sports jokes. Um, yeah, I made a video. I don't know if it's good, but it's called sports jokes. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to every week, write a couple minutes of sports jokes, not act, not nothing's going to go into my act. Obviously they're not going to be brilliantly crafted bits. At first, but if you will please go subscribe to my YouTube, <laughs> well, <laughs> the several hours of work it takes to write, film, re, uh, you know, retake some of these things, to edit, to put together the title screens, to get it on YouTube, to do all the social media and bullshit like that. It'll be, uh, it's very sad when I see people that do like a great job of all that and then their shit gets like 13 views. And right now I'm feeling pretty goddamn sad. That's what I'll say. Uh, Greg Beachler, great dude. Find him on Instagram at Greg Beachler. He has a web show called Wait What on, oh man, the Big Laugh Network, I think. It's like an Austin, Texas based, uh, network. I've been on it once. I'll probably be on it again at some point. It's with a uh, fellow comedian and friend, a uh, fellow friend of mine and Greg's, Luke Severide. Go check that out. And, uh, right now I just want you to support this podcast, if you would, by subscribing by telling a friend, a loved one, a coworker, share this on social media, put it on Reddit. Could you, could someone start a goddamn subreddit for this podcast? Because first off, I don't spend enough time on Reddit to be able to do anything. Uh, Reddit restricts. I can't create a subreddit. I can't do anything like that. Also, can you, can, can somebody besides me be a fucking fan of this podcast? (laughs) Oh man. This is no good. This is not a good intro, but I'm not going to I'm not going to change it. Uh because I feel like my whole vibe is fucked up by by being on video. I'm trying to not have the video on the screen. It's a whole thing. The whole world is uh collapsing around us. I'm going to talk about it a little more after. But please enjoy this conversation with Greg, one of my favorite people in comedy. 
And uh, after that, I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about the goddamn Capitol building, everybody. We're going to do it. Follow me on Twitter at the Casey McLean. Greg is at Greg Beachler. Find stand updates of mine at or wait, no, thecaseymclean.com slash calendar. I've got some dates that I'm adding to the calendar. Please, please come see me do stand up when it comes back because if it doesn't, this is the thing. All these places that have been doing stand up before the pandemic, they're struggling. They're struggling as bad as anybody right now. And let's give them a reason to want to keep stand up as part of their business model. Okay. Uh, thank you and enjoy Greg Beachler. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand updates at thecaseymclean.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymclean. Check out stand up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash caseymclean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast, it's where the file sits. It's also a great place. If you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I can't believe I'm not recording this gold. All right. We should we got to recreate the the you telling me that you have a headache. Why do you have a headache? Is it because of diabetes? It might be, man. I have no idea. It's just been all day. I had too much uh went out to dinner with Naran the other day. Narn Van? Yeah, to get some Peruvian food. But, uh, oh, my God. Good. What the fuck happened over there? Man, I don't even know what that was about, though. Do you have... This is... So, my favorite part of uh, doing all this shit on Zoom is that you get to see inside of people's houses. Yeah, yeah. And where you record, here's what I see. I see what appears to be, like, a loft space uh, above your door. Like Kinda, to, yeah. To your right, there's, like, a loft space. Yeah. Above the whole room. Okay. What's is this a bedroom you're in right now? Yeah, it's my bedroom, man. My my girlfriend and I we're just up here. Everything else is you know occupied. There's too many people in this house, bro. Gotcha. Oh, because you have you live with with uh, roommates. You said you've told me that before. Yeah, is that man, right? Or do you have kids? Kids, man. There's five. There's five people in this house. Usually, most times, dude. It's pretty pretty wild. Three bedrooms, so. Five people and they're all either related to or dating you. Yeah, yeah, Man. it's rough, dude. Yeah, I've uh, we have three, and I th- I think I could I could lop off one of them pretty happily right now. I don't yeah, care which one. one; it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Is that, you got a cat behind you? Is that a cat or a dog? Oh fuck! I didn't know my cat was in here. This is one of the cats, dude. Yeah, it's a cat. He's a he's just a lazy man. He's cool. All right, all right. The only cat Stop. I. Uh, I, I, I tolerate in the house, bro. We're off to a great start. This is the most exciting yeah. stuff I've ever talked oh, about. You didn't ask me anything cool. I'm sorry, dude. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> like, you're you're going to talk about me and my fucking loft apartment and my roommates? No, man. Yeah. I didn't know. Well, you also, it's like a not not a square. Not everything's a square in this room. It's like some, f- this is what I can't tell. This is what I, uh, is it an apartment that's trying too hard to be like a little bit, you know, 
angled and shit like that, or is it actually like a cool apartment? It's actually a decent apartment. It's like well, it's a townhome, really. It's got like up and downstairs, two and a half baths, and then you know it's it's decent, man. It's not too shitty. All right, I'll accept that. Uh, I mean, I don't have to live there, so yeah. What you know, uh, are you? I think you live in better than yours, but you have like a better house. You say your neighborhood's better than mine. Is that what you said? Yeah, I said it's probably better than yours, but you probably but, uh, have a better... What city do you live in? Do you live in Federal Way? Is that, that's what I've always thought of you as a Federal Way person. I am a Federal Way person. Man. There's no I, way your neighborhood's better than mine. It's <laughs> decent. It's probably on par with yours, man. I, I grew like up... A... I grew up... Or, I'm sorry. I was born in Federal Way. I've spent a lot of time... Uh, actually, I was, sorry. I was born in Tacoma. Uh, that's why I got this shirt, actually. This is from when I was born. I got this Tacoma shirt. Oh, see the green it. screen fall apart? Did you see that I put up the green screen? I'm really I fucking did. doing it here, Greg. I'm, I'm getting rid of the virtual background so you can see this cool-ass green screen. But your headphones are, like, blocking it so I, I can know. see the green behind that. And it I looks know. real snotty, man, like you're about to just do a Patriot video. I, I'm blaming that on Zoom more. Oh, wait, shit. It's, I have a green screen. Oh, did that get better? Oh, shit. Look at that. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. There That's go. beautiful. Right. That's, that is It's more seamless now, man. Yeah, wow, I fucking... Uh, look at... And also, I put up this stupid... Uh, the logo thing that I put up with the videos, and it, my head is, like, perfectly center with where my head would be. Yeah, yeah it's almost the same size. Did you do that on purpose? No, I didn't. It was a happy accident, but it worked out pretty well. It also gives you a really good... Uh, so, for people that aren't watching this, this is, like, the art that I put up with the promotional videos, and uh, you get to see exactly how generous the artist was making me skinnier because you see my real face that's much fatter than the face that the artist gave me. I was about to say, man, that's like a good template. Like you can see if you're getting fatter or skinnier. <laughs> like, like weekly. It's like, damn, he's getting, he's looking real shitty lately, man. Wow. That once you click that, I have a green screen thing. It really, it really fucking steps it up. Um, all right. We don't have to keep talking about apartments. You're, uh, you, did you know you're one of my favorite people that does comedy? Uh, you say that all the time, but I still don't know if I believe you though, man. No, it's true. I know, I, you know, a lot of people I've, I've had this, uh, told to me before my wife's best friend told me that, uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind, but not warm. I think that's a pretty good description of me. Yeah. I feel that. It's like, there's no like warmth behind you. It's like, yes, this is something nice I say about you, but yes. You know, don't touch me in any way. Yeah, you're you're right to think that I might be sarcastic. I'm not because in <laughs> comedy there's a lot of people that you just like put up with because you have to, right? It's like coworkers. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And then there's like you've been to my house, which is not there's a a very small port. You've actually been to my house multiple times, once for a podcast, but also at least once for a party, if not twice for a party. Yeah, a couple uh, times, man. There's your daughter once, and then before that. So, yeah, I've been to your house a couple times. Yeah, and it's rare that I would let a comedian into my house ever. So uh, the only the people that you saw there uh, at my house the time we had the party was like, that's a that's a that's basically all of them. That's all. <laughs> uh, I let and, people with my house. They're usually but, more responsible, man. You say what now? I let people with families in my house. Oh, dude, yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, they're usually more responsible. But, like, Shelby Dodson, I'm like, nah, man, you can't come over ever, bro. Yeah, Shelby Dodson, by the way, like, there are people from outside of the very small Tacoma comedy uh, fan community that listen to this. Not, there's not a lot of listeners, don't get me wrong. But if you yeah. don't know who Shelby Dodson is, he's, like, 
your fuck up high school friend. Uh, everybody's fuck up high school friend is Shelby Dodson. That's exactly. Just imagine your fuck up high school friend that could still fit in twenty six inch waist jeans, and that's your uh, that's Shelby Dodson. That is Shelby Dodson. He's cool, but you would never you know leave anything around him. <laughs> no, one thing I'll say about Shelby though. I mean, he's a degenerate, and uh, you know, there's no age where I'd let him be around my daughter alone. Uh, no age of her, no age of him. Uh, but I. I have been at like shows that he's on where some shit's about to go down and Shelby is one of the guys. And I would put myself in this category. Also, I imagine you're in this category, but there's not a lot of people like this where when I see some shit going down, when I'm at a club and there's a table being kicked out and they're being rowdy and it's a club that I care about, I'm standing up. I'll I'll help if necessary. Like I'm not throwing any punches. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to try not to take any punches, but I'll at least be a, a fat guy presence the, we'll put your you know, hands out and like yeah. create. I got you, man. Yeah, I I think there's there's some power in like just being uh just having like seven dudes standing there. That's it doesn't really matter if I'm gonna fight for real or not, and I'll be one of those seven guys standing there. And Shelby will do that too. You know what I mean? Okay. Got you. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Jump um, up crowd of people. But yeah, and, I actually, uh, there's the thing. I I I have never really thought of you specifically in those terms, like. I like Greg because he has a family, but I have throughout my, the entire time I've done comedy, I really pay attention to people who have successful relationships and, and uh, healthy families and do comedy because I want that. I want that specifically. I want to have like a good family, a healthy family and a relationship that continues, you know, hopefully through any success that I have. In yeah, comedy. yeah. Well, you have like a lot of understanding, a lot of open communication, man. Yeah. yeah. You got to be on the same page, man. Your wife seems pretty cool. Like, she supports you. Yeah, she's all right. She's, uh, I think that when we're going to have a nice adjustment period when comedy comes back for real because I've been in the house basically for nine months straight. Um, and our daughter has gone from, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, our daughter was not crawling really yet. And now she's like walking and talking and, uh, like yeah. she's a yeah. lot more work. And so being gone, being a, a parent alone at home is a lot different than it was back then. Right. Like it's, it's yeah. the responsibilities, but I'll, I will say this about myself. This is, uh, this is where I think a lot of comics fuck up because we're inherently selfish comics are. But, uh, when the pandemic started, my wife was a month removed from having completed her master's degree which she did on uh, through WGU, which is like an all online university. She's a teacher and she did it in uh, like three and a half or four and a half months. And part of that was like every Saturday until it was time to leave the house for comedy. I was watching our daughter while she worked on her master's like, you know, mutual sacrifice, right? Yeah. I just shook my titty in HD. It's fucking bad, dude. I take it back. I'm putting it on the normal webcam. What? What did you say? Wait, why can't I hear you anymore? What the fuck? What happened, Greg? Did my tits ruin your your mic? I can't hear you at all. No, I think my titties ruined your mic, Greg. They did, man. They fucked. They fucked up my internet connection. Like, oh, I don't want to see this. You don't need to see. <laughs> man, um, oh, it's so gross, dude. I can see my. You see that? That's fucking. I'm down. Uh, I'm down actually eight pounds since Christmas. 
Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's yeah, that's awesome. I was uh, I, think I got back to 185 over Christmas, but now I'm back down to like where I was. What are you, what's what's your walk around weight right now? Just 178, man. I lost like 26 pounds over quarantine, man. Holy shit! Because you did you start doing you do a run a day thing on Instagram? Did you start doing that during the pandemic? Yeah, I did that in July. I only did that during July. I did like uh, I was running a hundred miles in July, and I hate oh, running. Shit. I hated it. And now I just run like four to five days a week, man. I try to get eighteen miles a weekend. I'm trying to do a thousand this week, this year, wow. and then get the little bells going. So yeah, so now I got like a, you know I'm all sexy now. I don't even know if I need comedy anymore, you know? Yeah, no, you do. You really look like a fucking low rent common. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know like... everyone's favorite joke. Who said that, Kevin? During that roast, goddamn, that crushed me, bro. What did he say? Like, he said that exact joke. Up, are you calling yeah, me a yeah, hack? The budget common, though. Oh yeah, you look like uncommon, actually. Uncommon. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I miss you guys, dude. I miss uh, doing comedy. You have any any dates you're gonna try to do? You have a date you're trying to come back? Man, I've had actually two. So I've had two uh, two dates canceled in the last month calendar month that were I was supposed to be in Boise in December and I was supposed to be in uh in uh Wisconsin in late January and they both for you know covid related reasons are canceled and then I've I have a grants pass date that's like real iffy coming up um and then yeah I don't have anything in February which hopefully there's some like local comedy back by then and then March and April, my calendar looks like I'm hitting it fucking back, you know, like I'm back yeah. and doing a little bit of road comedy. And, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I think like, you know, unfortunately everyone has this experience, so there's no sympathy for anybody, but I was, uh, the April after the pandemic started was supposed to be the busiest month of comedy I've ever done. I was going to make yeah. like a couple grand, yeah, uh, doing comedy. I also like, I had like a festival I was doing, I was like club dates where I was featuring and shit. It was, uh, it was good. It was good, man. Twice, yeah, man. Twice, actually. The festival, man, they rescheduled it for October and then it just got canceled again. What festival was it? It was uh, the Moscow Comedy Festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I luckily, I've I've only ever gotten into one festival and it's the most bullshit festival that there is. So, no, that's, I guess, like, it depends on if you consider uh, the Seattle International Comedy Competition a festival or if that's a just a competition in your mind because i it's just a competition man i just yeah. want i just wanted to do it just to do it yeah it's just a revenue or re resume uh, like a checkbox right like uh yep. i actually made a commitment to myself uh this is self-care greg this is self-care with casey mclean that's the name of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh i stopped doing any any competitions that i didn't care or sorry that i cared if i one before because every competition you go in going like who gives a shit it's stage time i'm just getting on stage and then at the end when you don't win inevitably i've literally never won a contest i took i took first place on a um like a, a semi-final round of a contest and it was the first time my in-laws had ever seen me do comedy but i say i took first place but the night that i took first place a comic had cheated the voting system and so I took second place. It was like a text in to vote. Okay. And they had all their friends vote, uh, text in to vote. Uh, it's, we, you know the person. I'll tell you who it is. Off, we're, we're friends now. It's not a problem. But, uh, 
right. but they had all their friends uh, text in and voted. And so my in-laws, who are skeptical of comedy to begin with, they could have seen me win a competition. Do you know how fucking valuable that would have been in my life? <laughs> and uh, instead, I, I, uh, yeah, I took second place. And then the next day, the person admitted to it, and I got, you know, we shifted all the prize money around for that night or whatever. But uh, I've never won a competition, and I always get pissed off every competition I'm in, even though I go in knowing that I'm not going to win the competition. Yeah, I've been a finalist in like a lot of competitions, man, but I've never won either, man. The worst, the worst competition I was ever in, I had a comedian who's like, he's fine, but like the guy that was running the competition was a comic and he wasn't participating in the competition, wasn't hosting or anything like that. And then he gave everyone notes on their material at the end of it. He, not only did he give notes but all of his, like, uh, all the other people in the competition. And again, a guy that I'm totally fine with now, and I never confronted him about it back then. But <laughs> what a shitty thing to do. Yeah, yeah, man. God damn, you're going to have to tell me all these names when they get off. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I can, yeah. I can do that. Seems funnier, but that's hilarious. What were the competi- where were the competitions held? Well, that's going to give away a lot of the details if I say one of them. But uh, let, let, let's say uh, one was west of me and one was... Uh, technically east one one was at uh bourbon jacks in auburn washington which had like a really okay. fun stretch of doing comedy but they also had it was so funny because they had this stage that had an enormous american flag behind it and oh, uh, it had like a picket fence was the front barrier of the stage so i i made this joke back then but it was i did some shows there with uh like some roast shows with taylor bonzer and it, there's pictures that's uh St- taylor bonzer former uh podcast co-host of mine and then steve hammond is a comic who also does photography and shit hey i know steve hammond bigger dude yeah i'm, I'm saying it for the for the 11 people that listen to this podcast hey, not I'm for you i know i know you, you you know who all these people are but anyways uh steve took these pictures where it looks like taylor and i are both running for like city council in a small racist town because it's just like <laughs> picket fence huge american flag behind us by the way I'm a I'm a patriot. I love America, but it, the bigger your American flag, the more racist I think you are. I, I think that's accurate. Uh, and then it's like you don't really see everything. You just see in the foreground is a picket fence. So it looks like we're doing our like city council debate outdoors, but like with an enormous American flag backdrop. Who's more racist, actually? <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, what what's uh what competitions have you done that and and what tell me some experiences? The um did the voice twice, remember that? Comedy voice. Yes. I was a finalist in that one actually, but again, I knew I was not going to win that one. I knew that one. The lineup like just the way they had the order and I think I was like third after like I think it went after Taylor Bonzer actually. So I was oh, like really? And then I was like, well, these three are funny as hell. I think it was like you, Sherry and Chris Mejia. We, we ended like, up being the finalists. Yeah. You guys are the last three. And I was like, I bet you these three get in because they're like, oh, they're be like last people fresh on people's minds. And they're all funny, man. So that's whatever it is, what it is. I had a, I had a really magical night there that I really wish I got on video for that competition. It's funny. Cause that competition was the, the prize for it was like, I thought really cool, which is that you got to MC eight weekends. But yeah. the second time I did the competition, I had already been featuring at the club. And so I was like, what? I'm what like, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they they like I was like, hey, should I do this to them? And they were like, please. And I was like, okay. Like I don't I like I, not that I wouldn't take an MC weekend there. I take an MC weekend there, no problem. I do. I love MCing at that club, but like, I felt like if I won it, it would be like it was taking the prize away from someone who actually needed it. You know what I mean? Which is funny because I think the top three at least probably didn't need it. Need it. Like yeah, already, that's probably true. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, anyways, there was one magical night with that thing because sometimes the crowds were like kind of hot and sometimes they weren't as hot, but I had one night where, um, I guess I won't say who, who the coach's name was, but there was a coach, he had a black guy on his team and, uh, the black guy is a very funny guy, works at a weed store, very close to my house. I see him actually, I don't, I haven't seen him in a long time, so maybe he's doesn't work at that weed store anymore. But uh, he used to be just walking down the street and he'd be like, Casey McClain, and like start like telling whoever's near me on the street when he runs into me about how great at comedy I was, which, by the way, black compliments, they're worth way, way more than white compliments. I will say that. Yeah, why, why is that? <laughs> I don't, dude, be, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's because I grew up in the 90s. In the, if you grew up in the 60s, they might be worth way less than, than white compliments. But yeah, I might expect them like, yo, you know, black people didn't compliment me in my shoes today. It's weird. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he said, uh, one of the coaches said to this guy, Terrence P is the comedian's name. If you remember, I was about to say, Terrence, yeah. Terrence. and such a, such a nice dude. The, the, the firmest handshake. I think I have, yeah. uh, I have fucking joint damage in my hand from his handshake. He, uh, you gotta squeeze your butthole if he's gonna fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude, I need, I have to like get into a three point stance to handle his fucking handshake. He, uh. So he do, he does whatever like uh, seven minutes of material and the and the coach says, "Oh man, I really loved your set, Terrence. Uh, you didn't say the N word until four minutes into your set. However, the coach did not say the N word. He said the word that the N word is standing in place of, and it gotcha. got really awkward, and especially got awkward because." Right behind him, like, kind of, you know, uh, Ralph Porter will sit and, like, kind of scout new comics. He'll just come hang out at, like, an open mic or whatever, right? Yeah, man, Ralph's the dude. Yeah, Ralph Porter is sitting, it, like, up on the balcony just, like, watching. So he comes oh. up and puts his, like, like hugs the coach uh, from behind, and the crowd laughs at all that, right? And so I was planning on doing my black friend joke, the, the Atlanta joke, anyway. And then I was like, I was like, fuck, should I not do it? And then I go... It's going to be, whatever the reaction is, it's going to be severe. Whatever the reaction is to me doing this joke, because I was up next. And I was like, whatever the reaction is, it's going to be severe. Because that joke references the N-word. It references being told as a white guy that I could use the N-word. and uh, Which is a true story, by the way. And I've talked about it too much on this podcast. Uh, but every time I have a black guest, I have to make sure to bring up how cool I am and that yeah, I know other black people. Pass, and I'm like, yo, it doesn't go everywhere, man. It's just those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i should put it on the, uh i should play that on this podcast sometime it's like a nine minute story now anyways though i go up and it was already like a hot night like the crowd was really really hot and then when i said the thing about how my friend told me i was allowed to use the n-word i like walked over to that coach like because they're all sitting next to the stage right i just walked over and i told the joke directly like looking in his face and the crowd like lost their mind. I have a recording of it, and it's like probably the best I've ever done on stage is that moment right there. 
but uh, still didn't win the competition is the point. I fucking, nobody's going to let a mid thirties white dude. That's not attractive. Win a competition. It's never going to happen. No, right? They just no, They just can't do it. It's like, I would vote for that guy. Like he yeah. had perfect timing, but he's just too, just unattractive and white. Yes, I mean, he, he unchecks too many boxes. Man. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, a problem here though, man. Like, you know, this part of the world. Meaning the United States or Seattle? Like this part of the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the Pacific very, Northwest. Very, very practically like, no, no, listen, there's too many white guys. We need to definitely do this. I know. I if, I, if I lived in the Midwest, they'd be like, Jesus, get us some more white guys. This is a breath yeah. of the same air we're used to and that we like a lot. We got enough. We got a black and a Chinese guy. We're done. <laughs> uh, Are you from Michigan? Is that right? That, well, I was born in Colorado, then I moved to Michigan, and then I moved around in a lot of areas in Michigan, then I moved to Spokane. Yeah, well, let's let's let, the Spokane one is crazy because did you know? Oh, and by the way, your uh, your internet sucks once again. What do you have over there? Are you are you like on a Boost Mobile hotspot? What's no, going on? This is what's crazy. I pay for like the highest internet connection that Comcast has. I have a direct connection to the laptop. It's just Comcast is garbage, and I we need Google Fiber, bro. Do you or have my network? I got like six, like I said, five people using the damn internet all the time. You should look up uh, CenturyLink Fiber. This yeah, is my, it's pretty good. Yeah, use promo code Casey McLean, and uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, I have it. I got it at the I got it at the beginning of the pandemic, um, because I like anticipated there being this. the The CenturyLink guy was the first person I talked to. That was not like the first person I talked to in person that was not my wife or my daughter in the pandemic. Okay. He came into my house. I'm not a, we talked about this earlier. I'm a kind, but not warm. And I talked to that dude, like dude. And that's even worse. Did you, have you ever heard of the Seattle freeze? No. Okay. This is what this, I found out. I found this out. I was interviewing, um, Kevin Martinez, who's the marketing director for the, he's the marketing VP for the Mariners. And okay. he brought up the Seattle freeze to me like I would know what he was talking about. And uh, and I was like, what is that? And he goes, oh, it's you don't know about that. It's when uh, when people from out of town come to Seattle, everyone here is very cold to them. Like all the Seattle natives are very cold to them. So that's they call it the oh. Seattle freeze. And I was okay. like, oh, that's just like the personality type of every person I grew up with. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, man. I grew up with lots of different personality types, dude. Yeah, Warm people, cold people, assholes. It's like uh, I tell you, the Midwest is way more rugged, just personality wise. We're like more polite, but yeah. you'll get that faster than you will over here. Yeah, I'll just hate somebody silently for years. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't just hate you silently for years. I'm just let you know, like, hey, I hate you, and then we'll either hash it out or we won't. But at least it will be. It won't be in the air. It won't be weird, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah. So anyway, this dude comes to my house and we're like, you know, it starts out like he's wearing a mask. He's wearing the, uh, cause this was back when we thought that if, if I ever touched a surface that anyone else touched, I would get COVID immediately. Skin, yeah. yeah I just fucking turn into a COVID raisin on the ground. Uh, and so it starts out with him. He's wearing like the booties and, and a mask. And by the end, dude, like. It's not like we were hugging or anything, but he had his mask off. We were talking about our families. I was, he was showing me like, you know, because I'd been so deprived of any conversation for like 
two months at that point. And now we're nine months in and it feels like, uh, um, I don't know. Like I, now it's nine months and I still haven't had a lot of people in my house, but, like uh, it. I'm just like broken by it. I think we've been open with like some random century link dude. I know, <laughs> dude, you're going to yeah. see a brand new Casey when, when comedy opens back up, I'm going to be giving hugs and kisses. I'm going to be baking everyone fucking muffins and shit. Oh yeah, man. That's going to be a lot of people just going to be overjoyed. How long do you think that's going to last, man? I don't know. I mean, I, I I will say that I I hope that I never take for granted the ability to do comedy again. Um, I don't think that I will, to be honest with you. Like, I really loved it back then. I wasn't. It wasn't like I was never. I have not ever reached a point with comedy where I was like, "Ugh, this is a real hassle." But I think I'll never take for granted any part of it ever again. Right, right. Yeah, I think I'll take it open mic for granted too much. Like, I'd only go every once in a while. I should have gotten more open mics just to fucking at least just bullshit. Or some other stuff I'm not even trying to work on, you know, utilize that more. Yeah, I do I do hate when I see people at open mics, though. This is a problem for me, and it's a real uh it's a real bitchy thing about me. I hate when I see people at open mics and I'm waiting for like two hours to go up, and then I see someone go up and do material that I know they've been doing for five years just because they want like the ego boost of doing well at that open mic, or which sorry if that's something you do. I've never noticed. No, no, dude, no, no. So, I always, I always try to like. No matter what I do, if I'm at an open mic, I'll try one or two new things. I'll never just do yeah. the same shit. Where I'll like flip it around. I'll try something new, man. Fuck that. Yeah. Or if I see someone do a joke that it's like, like I saw someone do a joke about a specific Seattle, like kind of like long tenured comedian that. It was just like this joke is completely useless. Like oh yeah, you're, you're working on something that's completely useless. When I like could be home with my fucking kid, you know what I mean? I yeah. I just I hate that shit. But I never like. Uh, all right, I'll take that back. When I first started comedy, I was real hardcore into like policing people. Like, yo, man, that joke's like this joke. You're fucking oh, wasting yeah. time with this guy. But you know that gave me like a real bad. Uh, I don't know, but my people didn't really like that shit, man. So sure. I, I kind of filled out. Now I was like, whatever, man, you do you. Like, it doesn't really affect me what you do, man. You're you're fucking yourself over. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I've a couple I've a couple times told people that I was like, hey, you should listen to this joke because I think that it's uh, – if people know comedy, they're going to equate your joke with that, and they don't like that. Uh, I've talked to people who um, – or, yeah, I don't ever yeah. confront people like this – this guy that I'm talking about though, because of the Seattle thing where I'm just going to silently, I'm just telling it on a podcast four years after I saw it. And, uh, I'm still mad at the guy. He also, that's that same guy, by the way, I went to a shitty open mic in Seattle that same night. So two open mics you could do, um, at the time. Say it again. Was it on a Thursday? It was one of the first one was scratch deli, which is gone now. Uh, Okay. And so I don't remember if it was on a Thursday. I think it was a Saturday, actually. Um, He heckled me at that open mic. It's like an all-comics open mic, and I don't know this dude, and he just starts heckling me. Not like, by the way, I understand that uh, these like kind of woke rooms have a reputation for people getting angry. I have some material that I wouldn't do in Seattle, or at least I wouldn't do it on open mic on Capitol Hill, right? Like, like I understand that, that – I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a fucking coward, but – I, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was like 
genuine, or it was like really not genuine. It was a very innocent material. And he starts heckling me. And I was like, this is insane that this fucking idiot is heckling me. And then I see him two hours later at another open mic that I'm at. And he's doing an impression of an obscure local comedian to a bunch of fucking hipsters in, in <laughs> Capitol Hill. Oh yeah. I don't want to talk about that on, on the podcast, man. If, uh, there are listeners, but yeah, Capitol Hill is just an interesting, interesting little bubble of comedians, man. Yeah. I mean, they're great crowds, by the way. Like I, I think that, I think that the, I've had like a lot of great sets up there. I, it is true though. Like I just, there is material of mine. Like I wouldn't tell the black friend joke up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. I know. I get you. I feel the same way. It's like, okay, I'm not going to tell like my ex-wife stuff up here. I'm not going to do any of this shit up here. I'm going to do, you know, different, like more obscure stuff. So I have like different jokes I'll do up there. But yeah, I've had like, like you said, man, great, great sets there. Not all the, I'm just saying there's certain, there's certain ones up there. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I've also, I've had friends that do stuff, do material that I know isn't, like, quote-unquote problematic, and then they don't even know that the booker's mad at them, and then the next day they're getting, like, called out on, like, publicly, like, uh, publicly put on blast, or they get, like, a shitty, this is the Seattle, this is the problem with Seattle also, right, is, like, we're so passive-aggressive that, like, one of my friends did a joke where he, uh, he said that he was autistic, He's not autistic, like not diagnosed autistic, but he said he's on the spectrum or whatever. And then the booker was like nice to him that night. And then he got home and the booker had had like several drinks and (laughs) sent like, and apparently the owner of the bar got mad uh, or made a comment about it. And then the, the booker like blew up on him and another person together. I, I, I listen, nobody gives a fuck about Capitol Hill comedy. It's exactly what you think it is. They're very fun crowds and very, very sensitive crowds. Also, if you could do the material that they like, they'll fuck. They're the best crowds in the world. Um, but they're, they don't like all material, right? Yeah. You gotta like, there's a narrow path you gotta stick on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, but you, so Colorado till when, how old were you when you left Colorado? Uh, it's like 12, I think eighth. I left after eighth grade. Okay. Ninth. Cause like, you know, I got like diabetes and my mom was by herself. And they will like, not let people with diabetes stay in college. No, no, it wasn't that. It was just that she couldn't afford it by herself anymore, man. Like, oh, I see. This dude with died. So Jesus. Couldn't afford it. So we had Did to he like, die of diabetes. No, he, he died of some, from, like something like it though. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah he had this potassium, def- like this weird deficiency. Oh, wow. There's like muscles didn't process it right. And he would go into seizures. And uh, so he wasn't supposed to work out. And then went scuba diving and then fucking died, like, just from scuba diving, man. Just ended up killing him. Man. Do you ever think about, uh, I thought about this because, so we're recording this, like, a couple days after the attempted coup of our government. Uh, some That dude, like, kissed his wife that day, the dude that tased himself. Oh, he yeah. He kissed his wife that day and he's like, yeah, I'll be home, you know, I'll be home in a couple days, whatever. Um and then he's just dead. Like he thought, how what an inconsequential thing to cause you to die. You know what I mean? Like you're fucking, you are are like playing uh, revolutionary with a bunch of people in their thirties, and you're a fucking sixty year old dude, and you taste yourself. You're a fucking joke. You die a joke. You live sixty years and then die a joke. Yo, that happens though. That happens all the time. That's the that's one of life's great comedies, dog. He's like, you don't know. <laughs> and the next, like 
I kiss my kids today and go for a jog tomorrow. Get hit by a fucking bus. Yeah. It says, you know, walk more or some shit. You know, something just ironic. Like, oh, shit, he was jogging. He got hit by this public transportation bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the dude like this guy. I'm sure if I'm if I know this guy just off of an archetype of dudes, he just probably was like kind of a masculine dude that was like, ah, fucking, who cares if a doctor says I can't work out, and then or do all this that it's inadvisable, and then it's like, I mean, I'm not not to be unsympathetic to your mom because I'm sure it was very tragic for your mom. Uh, no, 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 it was. I mean, that's like a whole whole deep deep thing with this guy man scott he was uh super cool for a while like a rock climber he was like this native american guy real awesome man taught me a bunch of shit had to like fish hunt all that stuff and then he got diagnosed with his shit became an alcoholic became a dickhead and then just kind of yeah he would just do shit he's not supposed to do yeah. have attacks almost die get better be like all right do it again and then finally it caught up with him man yeah 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 yeah, I think about that all the time with these dudes that are doing like rock climbing. I had a I had a neighbor who passed away from falling off a cliff, because uh, he was like a rock climber, like a very good rock climber, right? Like a very very good rock climber, and it's just like how many times? I don't know, man. I think about it as a as an adult now with a kid, where I'm like, I just can't. I was thinking about it today, like how many people I know who they play like thanksgiving football and then they end up with a severe concussion (laughs) out of out of some fucking stupid game that's not your it's not like you're a football you know there's not pro scouts out there and you play thanksgiving football and you end up fucking changed for life do you know what i mean i do know what you mean man um yeah fucking after my left knee training for like a fight when i was 32 31, 32, like, what am I? I should I should have hung this up a few years ago, man. But nah, yeah. I got one more in me, man. Ended up getting hit in the side, just pop my shit. Ended up breaking like a couple years later, man. That's a surprising thing about you because you're such like a calm dude. And I know I've known some fighters in my life. My uh, my best friend in high school, at way too old, tried to become an MMA fighter also. And uh, but I met a lot of fighters while he was doing it. And I really, what I love about people who are like actually good fighters is how calm they are. But when I found out you were a fighter at some point, it was surprising because you're like, you're just so calm. You're so laid back. You're like the perfect, by the way, uh, you're like the perfect guy to open for a famous but edgy comedian because you're like a nice dude. You don't cause any problems. You have a family, but also... You could probably fuck up a like a generic comedy fan that tried to fuck with, like you hear those stories about fans coming up to comedians and punching them after. Yeah, you, no. you know what I mean. No, dude. Uh, if you're just an average person, yeah, don't fight me, dude. I will fuck you. I'll fuck you up, dude. It's not gonna be funny. Yeah, I'm old. I can still do. It. I'll still beat you up if you're just an average guy. If you're training every day, yeah, you can smoke me. Like my steps on now with my ass. But yeah, how how often does he put that into action? Oh, never, man. Like he's uh he's like one of my best friends ever, dude. Oh yeah. He's, well, he's uh actually Chess has got a fight coming up against Neil Magny, and my stepson's like one of his rolling partners, bro. Oh whoa. He's actually is yeah. he is he in college? Yeah, he goes to North Idaho State. He wrestles out there, and then oh, uh, he got offered a D two ride next year at uh San Diego, so he's moving up. 
Wow. Yeah. It's always those, the, there's always like the wrestling colleges are way different than the colleges that are good at other sports. It'll be like something like that. It's like, it's like Northern Iowa is a, a wrestling powerhouse. And you're like, yeah, they don't even have football. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're just an enormous, they're just this enormous wrestling fucking pipeline. And, uh, yeah, like the, those, the, like they don't even have academics there. It's just, it's just a front for the wrestling program. Basically, man, yo, he's uh, he's doing all right though. He's doing like a medical. What is fuck he wants to do? Therapist for like a sports therapist. Oh, nice. So he's taking classes, for that, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, always no problem. He works. Oh, go ahead. I'm listening to you. We're we're having problems with oh, the yeah, Zoom. Works harder than anyone I've ever met in my life, dude. That kid's a savage, bro. I'm that's glad awesome. he did it in a positive direction. Yeah, that's the yeah, cool thing about wrestlers. Drugs. Oh yeah, that's that's a yeah. that's a cool thing about that's actually why though. Those guys, I think, get so fucked up when they do discover drugs and alcohol is because they're so used to being just committed to something that, like, when they go, like, they like they just are, a lot of the people who are great at anything are just addicts who found a productive outlet. You know what I mean? Like, Thanks, comics, man. a lot of the comics, if I was more of an addict, I might be a better comic. Wrestlers and business, <laughs> like, CEOs and shit, they're just addicts. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're senior man. It's like they have a weird ADHD. Did I freeze again? Yeah, you're frozen, but it's okay. I can still hear you. Right. Uh, I can still hear you. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I, I, if I had a, I don't have a son. I have a daughter. Not to say that a daughter can't wrestle, but I do have like, uh, it's weird having a kid. Do you? How many kids do you have, Greg? I have a my stepson and then my two sons. Okay, so three kids. So no daughters, um, no daughters. Want one though? Are you gonna have more kids? No, probably not. Oh, okay. Like if Tamara really, 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 really wanted one, I might negotiate something with it. But sure. Yeah, you you negotiate like road weekends out of her. Like, like I, I have to be able to get this. Already know what this is about. So I'll do this, but it's, it's gonna be a lot of <laughs> you by yourself sometimes because I'm doing stuff. Yeah. So. I think a thing happens, this is why I like comics that have kids also, is a lot of comics get swept up by these like kind of theoretical ways that the world should work, but they never have to actually execute the way the world works, right? So I think about like, you go like, well, women should be allowed to play any sport. And like, yeah, on the surface, I agree with that. Now, the if you ask me the question, how do you feel about your daughter doing high school wrestling? Well, there's some realities of high school boys that I don't really like putting her in a singlet to roll around on a fucking mat with. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, usually they have other women to wrestle, man. What's that? They have other women to wrestle, man. Sometimes. Like... Sometimes. My my uh, my brother-in-law was in a weight class with... By the way, he ended up taking the, the girl to prom, but I remember when he was like 17, there was like this very attractive girl that was in his weight class... And they had like been friends since, uh, and it's like, dude, I would be that. What a miserable, because uh, yeah, there was I think maybe one other girl not in her weight class to wrestle, and not every wrestling yeah. program has a has a woman on their team. It's just tough, right? right? It's just tough. Yeah, yeah. I guess, man. Yeah, I've definitely you know wrestled, done jujitsu, rolled with women. But anyways, my and point is not... that if I if I uh, if I had to have my child do any sport, especially a boy, because I don't have to worry about the same, like, um, 
the same issues that you know whatever uh wrestling's the one because first off about humanity. what's that she's gonna be all right that all humans have faced throughout humanity yeah just true you know, she'll be all right man yeah she's gonna make it so anyway wrestlers no concussions what are you like break an arm wrestling what's the most common it's like a dislocated joint there's like very few concussions yeah. uh you'd be fine in most situations they work extremely hard. They're very disciplined. The only thing I don't like about wrestling uh, is like the the cutting weight thing. I think is pretty unhealthy. Yeah, the cutting weight thing is like crazy, man. My stepson's we always argue about that. I'm like, man, you should wrestle like a step heavier than you are, but he always wants to go down just a little bit because right now he walks around like a two hundred two, just stacked, mm-hmm. and he wanted to cut down to like one seventy. I'm like, bro, come on, man. 30 pounds, G. Why don't you go to, like, 184 if you're going to be a psychopath? So now he's doing that, but still. It's also, like, like my so my friend that wrestled, he was, he, he was, like, 300 pounds when we played baseball together. And he played, like, you know, first base, like, big dude. And then, but it wasn't 300 pounds of muscle. And then he got down to, like, probably 250 where he was in, like, good shape. And then he got down for, for fighting, he got down to 205. And it was just like there was nothing left in him. You know what I mean? Like he was fucking weak. He was the strongest guy I knew in high school. He's like breaking weightlifting records at our school. And then he fucking had no, he had nothing left because he had lost, he had fucking starved himself basically. And, you know, he wasn't a, yeah, like, I mean, working with a nutritionist or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If he cut himself down pretty, pretty terribly, it's probably better for him overall to not be that big. Just in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, power lifters, man, they have uh, the same amount of heart problems that other people have, man. Yeah. Just, I don't think that. Yeah, damn. The 205, he was like sucked up and nothing. How big was he? How tall is he, man? That's a big fucking oh, guy. Six, like six even, maybe? Six foot and yeah. 205? Man. And he no, was he's, a, he's a big, huh? thick dude, man. Like I said, he was like, you know, we were in high school and he was squatting. Uh, this is how little I know about weightlifting is – Maybe 500, whatever the fucking... He held records at our school. Uh, very, very strong guy. And, like, way more athletic than... He was the kind of guy that, like, if he would have put any effort in at all, if he had any interest in doing any sport for any reason other than to, like, be able to tell women in college that he played that sport, uh, he could have been, like, a college football player, no doubt. Like, he had scouts yeah. as a freshman saying, like, you know, we're interested in... And then he just never tried anything ever, never tried at anything ever, and just never got better at football. Never. By the way, like I'm sorry if you're out there and you're listening to this. We're not incredible friends anymore, but like, he's like a very low <laughs> effort person in life. Oh boy, that's really right, man. What was he into? Um, he's in. He's really into cars, and he's. But again, like a lot of like a lot of dudes, he's like. He was into whatever would give him attention from women, right? Like, that's the shit that, uh, that's the thing that made him be a fighter. He was, when he was fighting, he was one of these guys that would never leave a conversation without telling you that he does MMA. Oh, man. I always wanted to be that guy, but then I'd feel like, how do you not know that you're a douche if you do that? I know. (laughs) By the way, I'll choke you to death. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. It's well, and especially, I mean, it's he does it with dudes too, but yeah, 
it's still good. You're that's and that's the other reason why like you don't uh strike me as a guy that's a fighter because I found out you fought and then we did a podcast about like I think it was maybe the Khabib uh, McGregor fight, maybe in yeah. advance of or after it. But uh before dude. Oh yeah. So but 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 you hadn't like brought it up a bunch of times. Like I wasn't like, oh Greg is super into this, I know because he won't shut the fuck up about it. It was like I found that out and I was like, Oh shit, well, I like Greg. Let's get him over. You you actually I remember when you came over because we had just gotten our dog and our dog was like she's better now. She still like jumps on people a lot, but when we first got her, dude, she was mauling everyone that came over to our house. And she was all she was up on your chest and fucking very annoying. I remember that specifically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have a lot of patience though, man. I've like dated a lot of women with little kids that have like no kind <laughs> no of sense, man. So I'm not I'm used to people just being rowdy around me. And yeah. I, yeah, I don't bring up MMA all the time unless we're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I used to do that because like yeah. I used to want to be that guy, like a lot when I was a little kid. I definitely wanted to be more of a John Claude Van Dam fighting in <laughs> secret tournaments, more than like telling jokes. But you know, telling jokes was definitely like right after that. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't I, beat you. I can make you laugh, bro. I think uh, I think I I like I remember thinking you know when you're you're a kid and you just don't ever you just think like. Well, I'm going to be a baseball player who also writes for the newspaper about basketball and does stand-up comedy at night. And it's like, yeah. oh no, that's it's stupid to think you could really even do one of those things, let alone all three at the same time. You know what I mean? Uh I was like that. I loved I've always loved comedy, but I definitely was like, oh, I want to be a baseball player before anything. And then I'd be like, it was funny because I would go down the like I was like, I'm going to be a shortstop or center fielder. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm no good at shortstop or center field. I'm going to be a second baseman. And then I was like, oh, shit. I guess I'll be a third baseman. Oh, fuck. I guess I'll be a pitcher. And then, you know, they don't have a lot of five foot 11. Yeah, I don't have a lot of five foot 11, five foot 11 guys that throw 81 miles an hour in the major leagues. Man, listen, how far did you get in baseball? I know you really love it. I played high school all through, and then I played, uh, I had a, like, college tryout, like a walk-on tryout lined up, um, and I hurt my shoulder before that, and then I played a little bit of uh, adult baseball, not softball. They called it, they actually call it semi-pro, which is complete bullshit, because uh, you pay to play. It's not, you don't get paid to play. Um, But the Puget Sound Senior Baseball League, I played in their, like, intermediate level which I mean, I played with guys. The guys that I played with on that team were like double A. Some guys played up to double A, and uh, a bunch of them played in college. But I was like, on that team, I was like bottom half, talent wise. That's crazy, man. My family, like the, all the dudes in my family, like all two of them, they were both. And <laughs> uh, my uncle and my grandpa, man, they were like really into baseball. My my uncle actually tried out for the Tigers. Oh well. Back in the late 60s and shit. He didn't make it, obviously. But, yeah, they were real big into baseball. And I fucking hated baseball, man. I don't know what it was. I think it was, like, my first Little League team. was in the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. Being the only black guy. I don't know. Probably, like, a thousand-mile radius of these mountains, bro. Did everyone and, think you were going to be Griffey? No, man. Just, I got caught a lot of, a lot of words and just. Oh, just, okay. Terrible. <laughs> I remember this dude I went, to, I went to high school with. His name was. He's a black guy. He's uh it's funny because he was the first 
I think he's the first person I ever saw smoke weed and knew that he was smoking weed because we were walking home from high school. Uh, he, him and another buddy of mine were coming over to my house and, uh, he was, they just started smoking weed. And it was like, in retrospect, when I started smoking weed, I realized that this had to be the worst. It smelled like pistachios, what? which is, that's like, that is not a good weed. What like, uh, pistachios as a smell are not an indicator of good weed. And, uh, but anyways, was this funny dude because he was like, uh, I think he was into like basketball because he felt maybe like cultural pressure to be into basketball. Yeah. But he was the worst, he was the worst fucking athlete I've ever seen in my entire life. And watching him, he would swing a bat like he was bunting, like he, he'd swing it holding halfway up the barrel. It was oh, so fucking funny to watch. He used to, uh was a funny dude he he was in the did you ever were you ever into brother lynch hung yeah man yeah he got me into brother lynch hung when i was like 16 and then he found i remember he, <laughs> this is like such a weird especially that i've said his real name i hope he's not in prison for uh some i hope he's not a fucking sex offender but there used to be these websites like rotten.com and yep. shitfactory.com and he used to in our keyboarding class print out pictures from there and then just shove them into people's lockers <laughs> they never caught him dude they didn't i don't think him. they ever caught him uh and then and then my other memory my other memory of was um oh man i have a lot of fun sounds memories. like a stable guy just this yeah he athletic dude who will listen to brotherless hong and just... Yeah, he used to he used to try to sell me anime DVDs, and I was not into anime at all. But he would steal anime DVDs at like uh, Suncoast or whatever. <clears throat> I think oh, that's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, and, uh, I have a new bit I've been writing about being like an old school black nerd, like where I had to go to Suncoast to buy like VHS <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. No shit about that, which is streaming ass, bro. Yeah. Anyway, he might it might have been VHSs even, but so it was funny because he he was like. That's like such a, he's like such an old, he, he had like a lot of old man qualities, like a lot of 35 year old degenerate qualities. Uh, he, the same, the same day that he was smoking weed, he threw, he was like eating gogurt on my back porch and then like flung it at my window. And my mom came home and she's like, what the fuck is this big splatter? And I was like, oh my God, a bird must've hit it because that's, that must be bird shit because a bird must hit it. I wasn't stoned by the way. I didn't even smoke that day, but, uh, Anyways, he introduced me to Shit Factory and Rotten.com, introduced me to Brother Lynch Hung, and then I remember uh, the last time I I was, um, it was one of the last times I ever smoked weed, uh, I, we went to, it used to be like a rite of passage for us growing up, we would go to the Lusty Lady, which you probably don't remember, but in Seattle, um, actually in like Pioneer Square, kind of across from where, um, it was like, a, it's a strip club, right? Like, a, it was, no, it was a peep show. It's like the lowest, the lowest yeah, of the low yeah. strip clubs. It was like a landmark, wasn't it? It's been in yes. Yes. People knew, I think there might be a documentary about it actually. Um, it's, it's, it was right by where like the Showbox uh, market is Pike place market area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And our rite of passage, anytime someone turned 18, we would take them to the lusty lady. And so, we had been, we were like 19, I guess we were 19 at the time. He was, he had been 18 for a long time, but he'd never been. So we take you, Lyndon, and, uh, and another buddy of ours, uh, another, another black fella who, uh, this story relates to, 
later. He, uh, we take them there. Gives me a blunt under the Alaskan Way Viaduct. That's where we used to park under the Alaskan Way Viaduct for free, which is like the most dangerous, scary place to park. And I smoke a blunt with weed had gotten a lot better since 10th grade when he threw Gogurt at my fucking uh, window. He, uh, I smoke this blunt and I start having a panic attack inside of the lusty lady because that, that's what used to, that's what I, I liked weed at the beginning, but I started to have panic attacks. So I'm inside of the lusty lady and the lusty lady has these, uh, booths where like, there's actually, there's a, a lot of weird things about these booths. You walk in, you put a quarter in that your window drops down and you can see the woman for like 30 seconds. Uh, half of these booths, you can actually, there's like a mirror on the back wall and she can see you. And then everybody else that's jerking off in these booths. I never jerked off in them, by the way. I just want to make that clear. Don't believe you, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I never did, but the, the, there was very obvious evidence that people had. Yeah. And, uh, watch people jerk off. Like what? That's even weirder, Jason. I know it's so weird. It's so, no, I would watch the woman in there more than uh, more. I was, I would definitely, we did have a friend that did jerk off in there. We had a friend that jerked off. I watched the woman more. Yeah. (laughs) We had a friend that jerked off in there one time and he denied it, but we all took turns going into a booth and looking at him very intense faced, like getting very, uh, near climax. It was very funny. Oh my God. Awesome. How's that look? Dev? Did you see your friend? You still talk to that guy? No, he's actually, no, I don't. I don't. I have, I have, I think I've talked about him earlier in this, uh, story, but, uh, I guess I'll leave him slightly anonymous. I don't talk to him anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. That's fair enough. Fair enough, man. Yeah. Man, so anyway, okay, I, had, I had such Ooh, a dude. panic attack in the lusty lady, a place with semen just all over the floors. It started out actually the dude, the security guy that worked there doubled as the janitor. And I was having a panic attack, but I was trying to pull myself out of it by making jokes. And he's cleaning cum. He's just got a mop. And every empty booth, he wipes out to clean the cum out. And I was like, I was like, uh, I think I said, like, I bet you didn't expect that to be in your job, job description. Or, like, I bet your guidance counselor didn't uh, have cleaning cum on your... And I thought that was funny. Uh, he didn't have nearly the sense of humor about it. He pulled out... He pulled out an asp. Do you know what an asp is? An asp? No. It's called like, man, it's just like a big baton. Like you fucking oh. whip it out, and it's like a police have them. Like I think it's, yeah, I think it's actually asp. illegal to possess. Yes. Yeah. yeah like hit him on a concrete to collapse him and shit. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. He he flicks it out, and he goes, "Excuse me," and I'm in the middle of a panic attack already, right? Trying to pull <laughs> myself out of this panic attack. And that just fucking sent me spiraling. And I ended up, I had to leave oh. the lusty lady because I had, I start I sat down on the floor of the lusty lady, maybe the grossest surface in the history of the world. And I was like yeah. fucking struggling. And I was like, I gotta go. Like I gotta leave. And that was you, Lyndon Leonard's weed, uh, out of a blunt. You sure he didn't, uh, sprinkle that shit with something else in there? Hey man, maybe that was that was like the beginning of the end of me smoking weed because I started to have. Uh, let's look up uh, you, Linda Leonard. Maybe I, I wonder if I should bleep his name. That's not a. Well, that can't be. A, yeah. yeah, but man, no, I get what you said. What? How old were you? Like 22, 23 when you stopped? Oh no, I was nineteen. Okay, yeah, because I, I like would have like real bad panic attacks like later in my twenties, and I didn't stop smoking again until like two thousand eleven. Oh yeah. 
stopped at like oh three and then didn't start until like eleven again. Yeah, I uh I'm not convinced that I would permanently have panic attacks, like if I started again. I do think that I started to have like real life normal anxiety where it's like, oh, I have bills to pay. I have all this. Sh- I was like working full time and, and paying bills and rent and shit already. And so uh, I do think that that probably contributed to me not enjoying weed as much, you know? Yeah, probably, man. Lots of you, your brain is not fully developed. Like, I yeah. get it. But uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me since I've always worried like, oh, man, I'm going to start getting paranoid again. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm pretty pretty cool with who i am now as a person so i don't really worry about it so what made you so you moved to you moved to uh michigan which it sounds like your family's from they're like extended families from there yeah my mom's family they're all from michigan that's where she's from a like some small town in bath and then like i don't know she was like i don't not really she's kind of had like issues with her family for a minute because gotcha. she was like more like she's more partying back in the day gotcha and uh, when she moved back, you know, it was like a, a process. She had to, like, quit smoking, do all kinds of shit. So it was like a, I don't know, we moved around a lot until she can, like, settle down. Right. At her parents' house. So I moved to, like, different towns, different cities and shit, and, you know, got a good education. Like, Different different towns all over Michigan? Yeah. <clears throat> what, did you, like, how old? Uh, Lansing. Oh, yeah. Cold water. Yeah. How old were you when you uh left michigan fuck how old was i man uh 2003 so 40 yeah 40 42 42 i was like 20 20, 2021 maybe okay yeah 2003 i was 17 um 2001 i was 18 that's when i then from there to Spokane? Yep. Fucking. Wow. You're, oh, yeah. Sounds... Were you doing comedy when you were in Michigan? You weren't, right? No, no. Nah. I started comedy in Spokane like six years ago. So this is a... You, did you know that I have a black uncle from Spokane? No, what's his name? I might know. His name is... Uh, I'll give you his last name oh. off the off the podcast. We have a different last name. Okay. Lanny, uh, what part of Spokane does he live in? Well, he doesn't live there now. He lives, uh, he grew up there and then he, he actually like, it's, I, we, he lived with us for a couple of years when, um, when I was, I don't know, I was like really young and then he ended up moving over here permanently because he's, he's an electrician. So he used to come over, uh, seasonally to do work over here. What you get, I you gave a face like, uh, you, you hate my uncle now. No, no, it's just funny. Electrician in Spokane. I actually went to school in Spokane, like Spokane Community College, for their electrician program. Oh, really? I two years. Got an AAS for electrical maintenance and automation. So yeah, I worked as an electrician in Spokane for a while. So that's just oh yeah. It's tough like, to, I, as I understand it, it's tough to keep working year round as an electrician in Spokane. Yeah, man. You know, jobs dry up usually. Yeah. Unless you're doing uh, residential, which sucks. No one really wants to do that. Right. people's houses popping out some outlets or whatever you want to do like new builds commercial shit yeah so so, so anyway uh he or i i what i know about spokane is that especially i mean he's like 70 now but uh and so obviously like 
in the 70s, Spokane was much less friendly to black people. But wow. Spokane oh, is an man. odd landing spot for a black dude in any era, I think. It is. I mean, the reason I went, like, Michigan was pretty wild. I'm not going to lie. Like, a lot of my friends were drug dealers. Sure. I would help them do things. Uh, a lot of things were getting crazy, a lot of tension. So I was like, my best friend in high school, he was in the Air Force. He was stationed in Spokane. So he had a house, and I just moved in with him. Oh, that's, that's how I landed in Spokane. Then I just ended up staying there for like 12 years or something close it's, to that. Yeah, it's funny. I like what I like, what I think I would like about living in Spokane, especially, first off, it's free to live there. It's, they're like a fucking, it's like Alaska. They're just like dying to, the houses are so cheap. I went to a I went to a mansion party there after a comedy show one time, and uh, I looked up. I had just bought a house. It's a fucking five thousand square foot mansion, and I looked up the the price of the house, and it was like fifty grand more than we had paid for our house, which is yeah, brand edition. Yeah, dude, it's like it's fucking crazy uh, how how cheap it is to live there. But what I I think I would like is being in like downtown Spokane, you're in like this kind of like liberal pocket of a conservative area, which to me means the comedy shows are going to be fucking fantastic. First off, Spokane has some of the best crowds mm-hmm. in comedy, man. Like the club, Spokane Comedy Club. Yes. That's some of the best I've ever had there, man. Like real good crowds around the area, even in Idaho, like Coeur d'Alene, usually have pretty good crowds all the way out to Hayden. I don't know what it is about the crowds. They're just usually more chill but like i'm not super racist like you go to colville yeah man we've, we've done shows where they had like literal people with like nazi flags doing sea cows in the back of the bar Jesus. While we're trying to do shows. it's like this is fucking rough dude yeah yeah that's uh that's i think spokane it's got the thing that um makes good comedy period which is that i always say like it's good for comedians to have had to love a conservative in their life. Like my dad's a conservative. My mom's a liberal. And so I've had to like respect a person who I disagree with. You know what I mean? I've had to like have a relationship yeah. with this person, even though we disagree on things politically. You know what I mean? Half my family are straight rednecks in Colorado, man, like Trumpers and shit. Dude. Mm-hmm. I just don't follow them on Facebook, but I'll still talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that probably there's like a, there's a part of politics that I don't have to care about because I'm a, a white dude and I have no, like, you know, I would imagine my, I remember my, uh, it's kind of, my uncle's kind of interesting because he's like, uh, very into like the seventies activist, black activist culture, probably sixties black activist culture, obviously like the, the, um, like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Is that, that might even be 50s, going back to the 50s. Yeah, 50s, 60s, man, Panthers, that shit. Or yeah, more, but uh, he's also he's also very, his, like, favorite recording artist is Elvis. He's, like, obsessed with, he was a Golden Gloves boxer, and he's obsessed with Muhammad Ali and Elvis, which is just such a fucking contradiction <laughs> to me, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, different times, though, man. It's like, yeah, he was racist, but come on, you're telling me you don't like these beats on him? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, and it's like, and it's also like, uh, he, he like stole black people's music and my uncle's like, yeah, but I like it. Like who, who, like it used to be more simple, I think, to just have taste instead of having to like do a moral 
uh, like a moral accounting of everyone you liked. Well, yeah, it's not like they had a information like a box you can just go in your house like wait a second what is the background of everything on the planet you didn't yeah. have that back in the day you just listen to the paper yeah like, i think this a negro did that song like get out of here <laughs> the king all right and then you would never hear that song no one has that 45 or whatever the fuck they use yeah no, no it's not like the internet you just pull up a youtube video like no nah, that's definitely stolen though yeah yeah what uh well that's so that's another thing too i think i met you how long have you lived in tacoma I think I moved here fucking 2017, like around June, July. I think I met you in Spokane, and then you moved like right after that. Probably. Were you doing like a like a dope show, gateway show, or something? No, I think I was. I think I emceed for uh, Ron Funches. Maybe we just became friends on Facebook or something. But I feel yeah. like I've known you longer than you've. I think I remember when you moved to Tacoma, which. Uh, I mean, I never met him in Spokane sometime. We might have talked. I don't know what it was about, though. But we, yeah, we maybe like uh, Tacoma, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's like I, I, I'm curious if in Spokane's scene. So, so, like I was saying about Spokane, like the Spokane downtown is like a liberal pocket in a red area, right? Um, I kind of feel like when I meet liberals from there, it's almost like they're very they're faking it a little bit. Like they have to really prove to you that they're like, uh, that they're liberal. And so did you, is there like more of the shit where it's like, we got to fill a quota on the show. We got to make sure we have a black dude on the show or are there just simply not enough black dudes to be able to put a black dude on every show? Uh, first of all, there'd be like, there's four black dudes, maybe. <laughs> in the whole city. No, no, you do them in comedy for sure. Maybe like nine in the city, but four doing comedy. And no, man, that's never, never been a thing, man. Where we we got to have this amount of people. We don't even like bitch about that. There's not enough people to do that. Seattle, though, yeah, Seattle's definitely like, hey, I can you know reach out to every person over here to get this person on there. It's like, ah, you know, I don't yeah. know. I, have to do I just want to book funny people on my show. Yeah, no problem, man. How did you how how did you end up with kids? How, how when did you meet your your uh, ex wife? How did that all happen? Oh, man, I met my ex wife at a call center that we worked at. Wow. That's a tale as old as time. Yeah, yeah. Showed up. We started hanging out at a call center. We ended up, you know, moving in together. Both got fired, like, right after that. And then we just had struggle times. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had a couple kids and just went from there, man. Yeah. And I stopped going from there. I don't really want to talk about all that. So oh, my just... God. I'm fucking on a sensitive topic. I've never, I've never cut off a topic on this podcast. Before. Never? Well, this is the one, man, because we don't have another hour and a half to talk about ex-wives, man. Yeah. Um, all right. And then you, so you moved to Tacoma, where is, uh, you're, or not Tacoma, you moved to Federal Way, which is, uh, definitely not better than my neighborhood, by the way. Uh, only someone coming from Spokane would think that Federal Way is better than my neighborhood. Um, what's your neighborhood? It's Tacoma. I'm not saying it on the fucking podcast. I yeah, live in Tacoma. Yeah. Okay, I live I in Tacoma. I live in the, the, I live in the part of Tacoma that, uh, people get mad that a lot of white people now live in that part. You're but, gentrifying the hood, right? Yeah, I mean, I've I've actually thought about that a little bit. I've been like, I bought my house from a white person, so I don't know if that makes uh, I don't know if that makes me like, what I don't know how you measure like how much I'm contributing to this gentrification because, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know either, Casey. I've been all over Washington, all over it, man. All the little small towns, big town. I've never even seen like a black neighborhood in Washington. Oh, really? neighborhood full of black people i've never seen oh you know you know why that is 
I've actually had this discussion because uh, with somebody else because Washington uh, thinks that they're very it's like a very progressive state, and in some ways it it is, but it's super segregated. That was actually the thing when I went to when I went to Atlanta. The first thing I noticed was my friend lives in a 100% minority suburb, suburb, which is different than, you know, because when you say when you're in Seattle and you go that like, that's like the black neighborhood of Seattle, that's synonymous with something else. That doesn't mean like a bunch of black people live there. That means it's fucking scary. There is what people mean when they say that. And that's not true in other places. Like that's not, it's funny because it's not true in places that are less liberal on average than here. You know what I mean? Like Houston, Houston has actual, like, uh, I'm, and I don't, I don't actually, I imagine Michigan's like this too, because people think Michigan is Detroit, but there's a lot of Michigan. That's not Detroit. Right. Yeah. No, there's black people in like five places and they're very segregated, man. Detroit's one of the most segregated cities in America. Sure. Sure. And that's the way Seattle is too. Like the reason you haven't been there is because there's not comedy shows there because the fucking Lily white producers are scared. And by the way, like I wouldn't love to, th- I don't want to do a, a fucking show in those areas either necessarily. Yeah, I'll open a show. I'm not yeah, afraid. Dude, do it. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, in Tacoma, it's Hilltop. I love Hilltop and it's, it's actually undergoing some of the same, you know, it's, it's going through some of the same gentrification issues. Uh, I'm not, it's like complicated. I'm not, I don't want to be the guy, the white dude that's telling other people what opinion they should have on gentrification. You know what I mean? I do, man. I'm not, I don't want to even bring this podcast to that area where everyone really does start hating Case McClain. Yeah, I know. It's supposed to be a joke. The fucking name is supposed to be a joke. And now I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to get a uh, fucking death threats because I like to go to this coffee shop in fucking Hilltop. But, uh, yeah, coffee. I do think it's funny that the, that people will open up. I, there's a, there's a person that I know, a white lady that complains about gentrification in Hilltop while she lives in Hilltop because it's the only place she can afford to live. And it's very fun. Yeah. She's also a comic. Okay. Uh, Well, so I'll say it off the person that molds young minds. Uh, I don't think so. No, 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 no. I know who you're thinking of. No, that's not that person. That is the person that cheated in the competition though. <laughs> I, really, I can see this shit. If, if anyone actually knows this scene, you can really triangulate what I'm what we're talking about That's to understand. Funny, That's funny. Anyway. Um Yeah, so okay. I don't know what I don't know what uh we have beyond this because you won't talk to me about having kids. Hey, what do you want to know about having kids, man? Like I have two sons that are like mine. Yeah. I, my 14-year-old looks just like me, but he has better hair. Yeah. A little lighter skin. We both like the same shit. Watch anime together. He's really good at drawing. Is your is your ex-wife white? No, she is. She's like mixed. Okay. She's white and like Roma Gypsy. Does that make oh, sense? okay. Yeah, I know, I know what that is. from New York. You know what I mean? She, grew, she didn't go to school until she's like in fourth grade. Yeah. Uh, she kind of like lived as like. Her wife is her life is fucking wild, man. Like I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, she she went through some wild shit. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting community. I've I've met a couple folks from that community, and it's like uh, I know that there it's like very it's considered very insensitive to say gypsy or say gyp now, right? Like that's yeah, no. and I get that by the way. Like I'm not for sure. What's that? 
that's a slur for sure. I've, yeah, I'm not. I'm not fighting anyone on that. I think it's actually it's funny to me that people do fight it. They're like, everyone just has their own level of, of their own threshold, right? Where they're like, I'll say that, but I'm not gonna say the other ones. You know what I mean? And it's like I'm not saying it's the same, but I'm. But it is like the most offensive, maybe the most offensive thing. You 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 would bristle at someone going like, oh, they Jewed me down, right? Yeah. And that's what it means. Like that's exactly what it's the, it means. The same thing. And also, gypsies were Roma people were uh, in the like in the Holocaust. Also, like yeah. there's not actually that much difference, but we just ignore one. And uh, you know, some woke people aren't as woke as they think. Anyways, yeah, that's good. Not really reading a lot. Yeah, <laughs> just the headlines, baby. That's uh, that's how I learn. Yeah, but yeah, she's uh, yeah, she had like borderline personality too. So like. Mm. And uh, I know I'm calm and shit, but, like, I don't like, like, I would never let you just talk shit to me. Like, I'm never going to talk shit back to you. You know what I mean? Sure. He's that type of person. So, we, like, we don't mix well. We used to fight a lot. A lot, a lot. Like, we yeah. have some fights that are pretty funny, but, like, we were going to church one time because she wanted to go to church. And I was being spiteful because she didn't, like, she left all these dishes and I did them for her and she didn't even say thank you. So, I went to the store and got, like, a drink without her. I didn't get her a drink, but I got one. So she was cussing me out the whole walk to church because we didn't have a car. Just me and my stepson, like my oldest son, I think he was a baby at the time. And she's just like, in front of the church, there's people walking into the church, man. We're like across the lawn. And she's like, <laughs> by this time, we're so heated up. She's like, all right, next time you do the dishes, I'll drop to my knees and suck your dick. You just come all over <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it's like, so we're right in front of the church. People are looking at us like, oh my God. So we decided we're not going to this church anymore. We walked further up the street and found a Russian church, sat in the back, didn't understand a word, and just walked. <laughs> and that was like, you know, a Sunday. We just did that shit all the time. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's tough, man. I mean, everybody's. That's another thing you learn as you grow up is like everybody's got their shit, right? I, you know, I like, you know, some people have to have a borderline personality disorder, and it's yeah, tough. I'm not mad for her. Like she's she wasn't undiagnosed then. She's definitely better now. Like we we get along now. Actually, sure, we pretty well. We don't really beef anymore. We're just not good together. So I don't want to talk yeah. shit about her because if she hears this, she will flip out, and it'll be like three weeks of phone texts about her just being mad. So I don't want to do that. But yeah, no, I, I think I mean, and I I think that we've talked about you. I, I've I've I knew you guys were on good terms, so I was uh, before this. So. Uh, not that we've talked a ton about your ex-wife, but um, you also let's talk about your diabetes. Let's close it on your diabetes, Greg. Awesome, that's why I love to close it on. What do you? What you do you have my about? favorite diabetes joke. I've told you that before, and and I did mean it then. The same as I met, you're one of my favorite people in comedy. You're a nice dude. You're a you're a. Uh, I was talking to somebody like my instinct is to just trust everyone, and then this it's like when somebody. How hard it's not hard to not do shit that's untrustworthy, right? Like everybody should just be trustworthy. And so people are dead to me when they fuck me over. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> okay. I have a zero I have a zero tolerance policy for like be, people that are dishonest and untrustworthy. So you're you've, I'm not I'm not this isn't a threat by the way. Like I fucking just am Okay, yeah, it's like, oh man, fucking never fuck over Casey. I better be ready for this passive aggressive. He'll be smiling yeah. to me but never yeah, I just never book you on anything. No, no, you're like uh you're like a like a truly good guy. And um yeah, I mean like uh 
And anyways, point is you have the best diabetes joke that I've ever heard, which is uh if I can if I can butcher it poorly. And do you have a, do you have sure. it recorded actually on and published anywhere? I actually don't. Okay. Don't. Well, then maybe maybe I'll, I won't put it in. I won't put a recording of it in. But you basically you have a, some very specific jokes about diabetes that if you know a couple things about diabetes or fuck it's it's so funny and it's also a thing that I always want to see you tell the joke. And some of my favorite jokes in the world like I don't think everyone it's not, you know, in a small crowd there might not be enough people that understand diabetes well enough that it like yeah, yeah. constantly crushes, right? Right, right. Yeah, I've definitely since you've heard that joke, I've had a uh, like a whole front end added to that where I'm explaining oh, awesome. the diabetes, the difference between diabetes. Talk shit about type two diabetes and how we agree on like Thanksgiving, and I still tell that one joke that you like. Yeah, yeah I love that joke. Yeah, yeah uh, can I just can I try to ruin it? Never like, yo, man, I understand specifically why that joke is so funny. That kills me. I was like, thanks, man. I do it for you know the people that know. Yeah, well, that's dude. That's the you're also a person, by the way, that's come up because I have a joke uh, about the Ninja Turtles that you've said to me is like you've complimented to my face. Maybe you talk yeah, shit yeah. behind my back, but you've you've complimented. No, no, I love that joke, man. Yeah, and that's like first off, again, like that's a, that's why I say you're one of my favorite people in comedy. Mainly is just because you complimented my joke one time, yes. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think we should do that though, man. If uh, somebody has a joke that I really appreciate, I'm gonna let them know. Like, hey, man, this is why I like that joke. I like the structure, I like everything yeah. around that joke. Like, that's a good joke, man. I hope you keep telling it, or or lady, you know, whoever person who told that joke. I like. Yeah, it. I think I think you've influenced me to do that more. To be honest with you, like you you saying, I I don't know who what who, which of us. I mean, I, your diabetes joke I like so much that I would have done it regardless of if I was inspired to compliment other people's jokes by you. But I think that you telling me you've said that to me before that we we should. Uh, tell people that we like their jokes more and I agree with you and I try to do it more maybe as a result of you saying that you've inspired me to be nicer you're making oh, me warmer every day Greg yeah man I'm breaking this cold shell that is Casey man it's not cold <laughs> but not warm once you yeah. get that warmth you're gonna be too lovable what are you gonna do I don't know I think I'll go on tour maybe I'll fucking actually have fans fuck yeah dude hopefully this podcast takes off like probably not this one because I haven't been very funny I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> migraine all day i've been trying to sleep it off actually woke up 10 minutes before we started then oh my god i can, I can tell yeah it's what it's just yeah it's what it's it's a, diabetes. yeah what? That's what we're talking about that man anyway the joke you like this yes. is why i feel pity. i went to dinner with narn at this peruvian place right first off it's like 32 degrees outside boy we are really fucking full circling this podcast i never even found out what the peruvian restaurant was yeah i, don't, I forgot what it's called like Don Lucia or something like that. Okay. It's on uh, it's in Roosevelt, off like 173, man, in Seattle. Okay. The whole thing is like they have like a weird fusion because like a lot of Italian people landed in Peru, Chinese, different cultures mixed together. I think they so got some was, Nazis there I, too, by the way. Was that? I think they have Nazis? some Nazis there too. They might have been there. Yeah, South America is like a weird like enclave of of German Nazis. You're right. Argentina, all that shit. That's yeah, like Brazil, I think, Venezuela. Yeah. That's why you have such like statuesque good looking brown people there now. It's weird. Oh, good point. Like just perfect uh 
Jeans mixing make good stuff, man. That's all I'm saying. Be like, careful saying that Germans have perfect jeans, by the way. No, I just I said jeans mixing. Like they weren't good by themselves, <laughs> but like when they finally diluted a little bit, it's like, oh shit, this worked out. Anyway. Now but the, the whole dish, Peru is like it's nothing but French fries. Every dish had French fries and then rice on top of it. So I'm eating potatoes and rice, things I shouldn't have. So my blood sugar was just high the whole next day. I was just yeah, taking insulin and like shot. Did you say, was your joke that you have to wake up and eat a sandwich? Or is no, that something you just told me? You know, it's like, uh, it's like, thanks for letting me, you know, pee all night if I eat, you know, mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> thanks for letting me die, like, if I don't eat a sandwich at the right time before yes. I go to bed. It's like such a, such a balancing act. You, you put on me, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. And then you, the other one is, uh, what do you say, like, uh. Do I want to like eat this this uh, pie or see my kids graduate? And then you go, well, I don't yeah. need two feet to see my kids graduate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. The peeing <laughs> the the reason I know about the peeing thing with diabetes is uh, when I was growing up, I've I have like a, when I was growing up, I had an overactive bladder. I actually had some material about pissing the bed that uh, Mark Normand has done such good bed pissing material. That it's just like pointless, in my opinion, yeah, to keep yeah. telling that joke. But um, I had an overactive bladder, and people used to be like, "Oh, what are you diabetic?" or like, "What are you pregnant?" or whatever. Like, I knew about all the things that made you pee because I've I grew up in the era of WebMD, yeah. and so every time I go to the doctor because of this bladder thing, and especially as I gain weight, I'm like, "Ah, oh, they're gonna tell me I'm diabetic this time." And so that one hits me really fucking hard. That's so it's very funny. And it's, it's the, I've heard, uh, Colin Quinn is the guy that said it. And I've heard a bunch of people quote him saying it, but it's, uh, in the specific is the universal. And it's like yeah. such a specific thing that it, like, I think that anyone that's like familiar with diabetes would get the, the reference hopefully. Oh yeah. No, like, uh, when it hits, it hits when not whatever, but it's some personal shit. I've had like, this one lady after a show came up to me like, like almost crying and shit. Like seriously, almost crying. Like, hey, you know, thanks for telling that joke. My my son just got type one diabetes, and he's scared and he doesn't know what he's doing. It's like, do you have any like advice for him? Like anything you could tell me about him? You know, since I've been like twelve, I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah, you That's know, funny. keep on top of it. Don't let blood. Like I didn't know how to even respond to that because she was so emotional. I'm like, I was just telling jokes, man. You hit me with this after this. I'm talking about I know. Oh, what's up? It's so funny when you have when you have people like that actually are inspired by your material. Cause I never wrote, I've never written a joke to be like, I want to inspire someone to do good with this, this joke. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I hope that these fucking drunks laugh tonight. And beyond yeah, that, good. like I don't have high hopes for this joke. So like, uh, I said this on a past episode, but I have a joke. Basically I have this joke where, uh, the Ninja Turtles joke actually, um, the, the, like, when I describe the middle-aged mutant Ninja Turtles, I say that Leonardo's a Trump supporter, Donatello's gay, Michelangelo runs a marijuana dispensary, but he still lives in Master Splinter's basement, Raphael has a DUI, and he owes April O'Neil child support money. If they laugh through that whole thing, or if they at least will, if they laugh when I say Donatello's gay, I know that the crowd isn't so sensitive, and I will say, and Master Shredder's transitioning, and uh, uh, and regardless of if they think that's funny, I'll say, like, relax, everybody. She's a really nice lady now. 
which I will argue is actually a kind of woke joke, right? Because I'm changing Master Schroeder's pronouns to the the what would be her preferred pronouns. But in certain audiences, people don't like that. They don't like a straight white dude talking about that. And that's fine. I'm not uh I'm not trying to convince them. But what I will say is that when I was in Spokane one time, um, I had one woman came up to me and I had talked about I we had just gotten the dog and I was telling jokes about how um we got this pit bull and uh, this lady came up to me and she's like drunk and white. And she goes, uh, she said to me, pit bulls are great dogs. As long as black people don't have them, don't own them. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. That's like just such an insane thing to say. And then this like moments later, this woman approaches me, by the way, I've told both those stories, one to Harry Riley and another one to this dude, Chris Allen, who actually, now that I think about it, we're both, uh, military folks from the, from the, I think Chris, where does, no, Chris from New York. Anyways, uh, Harry Riley of Spokane comedy. He's a, I don't know if you're friends with him or not. I don't want to assume because, uh, you're the, one of the three black dudes in Spokane that your yeah, friends. Me, me but, pretty cool, man. That's good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moments later, this woman approaches me and she, and I'm like, already a little shell shocked from this fucking comment that I'm like the like I'm worried that I'm putting off a vibe that someone would think that's something I would just accept without having yeah, to yeah. fucking ease me into a racist conversation you know what I mean uh and this woman approaches me and she's like you know that trans joke and I'm like oh fuck like this is going to be bad it's going to be bad one way or the other she's either very offended or she's going to have an even more offensive trans joke you know when people come up to you with jokes after the show and they're always Dude. some garbage joke that like I heard in third grade and they think they're going to be the first one to tell you. Um, yeah. yeah. This lady comes up, she goes, that trans joke, I just want to say, uh, I'm so glad you told it because my daughter's trans and I feel like everyone treats her like she's not human. Like like uh, they, the trans jokes are either very demeaning or they nobody will tell them, right? And so they don't treat her like she's human. And I really appreciate you telling that joke. And I'm excited to go home and tell her that joke. And I was like, oh, that's, it's funny because I'm so scared of telling that joke for the exact opposite reason, because I expect the exact opposite reaction in a place where there are way more trans people. Right, right. What if though, I'm just saying this, her daughter's transitioning and but her mom just totally tone deaf and doesn't get it. And then she tells her the joke. She's like, that's terrible. Why would you, you pay for merch for that guy? You did? You bought the t-shirt? <laughs> All right. That was Greg. I hope you enjoyed him. He's, uh, like I said, one of my favorite guys. Uh, I, I hope I remembered to bleep some names, by the way. Uh, I realized I have this story about, I have a, uh, the guy that sold weed at my high school has like a very generic name and I've, I've toyed with the idea of saying his actual name on stage, but I don't, what are the statute of limitations on drug distribution? Like, would I be fucking this guy if he's, I don't even know what he's doing these days. I don't think he's in prison, but you know. If he's like a like a respected member of some community and I go outing him as the as the you know, if someone can connect the dots, if if the thousands, if not millions of listeners of this podcast bring it back to him, 
Because it's way funnier, by the way, to say the real name of the the drug dealer on stage, in my opinion. It's way funnier. It's also funny because I can say, like, fuck you, try to find him. He's got this generic name. But if you know a couple things about me or a couple things about him, you might be able to connect some dots. Uh, yeah. The the other guy, I actually tried to, I've tried to find the guy that I, whose name I hopefully bleeped a couple times on here, um, on Facebook since. I don't know what he's doing. He could be, he could be in prison. Uh, my pal, <laughs> my pal from, uh, from high school, he could be in prison. Um, boy, I got to listen back. I hope I bleeped them all. Uh, anyways, uh, let's talk about this Capitol building thing. Okay. Because it's pretty horrific. It was a pretty scary, what was it? Last Wednesday, last Wednesday, as this podcast came out, I obviously didn't talk about it. Um, it's pretty scary. I think that there's a couple thing one a couple things that I will say about it, and if you're a fan of this podcast or have listened a lot, it's probably not going to be a big surprise that I can kind of see some hypocrisy in the reaction to this uh insurrection. So I don't want to minimize I don't think we should minimize like the significance. Nobody should be minimizing the significance of what happened. Like this is people forcing their way into the Capitol building, attempting to disrupt democracy. Uh, all of these people should be put in fucking prison. All of the people who uh, were violent or who, who threatened. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against the March. Um, not, not because I have an ideological like agreement with these people. I probably don't, but I do believe in our society that you should be allowed to express your opinion regardless of how righteous the media feels that it is, right? Uh, that's the America, that's the idyllic America that I grew up believing in. And I also find it, but what I, what I find hypocritical is, and I guess we'll get to the, let's just jump right to the, the Trump. Donald Trump got removed from Twitter. The president of the United States of America got removed from Twitter. He got his account deleted. He got banned, permanently banned from Twitter. And first off, I heard a really great take on this from a legal expert, maybe a maybe an attorney who said that there's a very good chance that what's happened here is um Twitter saw some writing on the wall which is that that the there's going to be a new president. There's going to be a democratic president. There's a Democratic, barely a, a paper thin majority in the Senate, Democratic majority in the House. There's a Democratic sweep of the, what is that? Is that the branches? Is that how we call this? What we call those? Uh, at least two of the three. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you're not, you're not here for political expertise, right? You're here for a loud or a, a confident, uninformed opinion on this. Uh, there's going to be pressure to make changes. And Twitter saw the writing on the wall and thought that this is an opportunistic time to get rid of Donald Trump, to, to start the next presidential regime on a good foot. I, I mean, I, I guess this is like, this is like, <clears throat> there's some complicated shit here because you go like, did capitalism work here? Did market pressure caused this these people to make like a the moral decision 
we've wanted for a long time. That's one part of it. So I don't, I don't know that I'm like, uh, like a lot of people, I was a high school libertarian. Okay. As you get older, I think you start to realize how little influence people who have it bad have on their own outcome. And so I've become a lot more liberal as an adult, but I, what I'm worried about, I guess, to be clear, Twitter's better without Donald Trump on it. Like if, if these things just happened in a vacuum, of course, ban this dude. He's, he's horrific. He's xenophobic. He's got so much influence. Um, I think you're going to have a tough time as a company that operates in the United States banning the president of the United States. Like that is a, an unprecedented thing. As far as I know, a lot of people will make this argument that these are private companies and that's technically true. Technically Twitter, I mean, I'm publicly traded by the way, they are publicly traded, but they are, uh, not government organizations. So, the problem with that is they have become this dominant piece of our discourse. These social media companies have become a dominant piece of our discourse. So, and they're kind of, I mean, and again, uninformed, confident opinions. If you came here for, they're way less regulated than TV. They're way less regulated than radio. And I, I'm, I'm in, what is the, is net neutrality? Do we want it or not want it? Whichever the one is that the government doesn't get to like severely limit uh, the internet, that's the one that I want. I don't want. I don't want to be severely limited. But part of that to me is these companies that have begun to monopolize where political discourse happens. Right? Like, how many people watched or how many people get their information from CBS or from? ABC news or whatever. I mean, I'm certainly people get it from some cable news stations, but social media has become the most important part of political discourse. I got to tell you, I'm very self-conscious about this being on video now and how much spitting I'm doing. It's an HD, everybody. It's an HD. You're going to see spit flying everywhere. This is, this room is a, is a, where I'd have COVID would be a fucking hazmat area. I think. Getting rid of Donald Trump in a vacuum, if that was the only effect, is that Donald Trump isn't on Twitter. Even, I think, you gotta, a lot of Republicans have to agree that this level of influence and this specific influence has been bad for their party. He has so much control in that party now. Getting him off of Twitter, I think, is good for the country, but... It doesn't happen in a vacuum. And when you start taking people off of Twitter along ideological lines, when you, you start cutting off their access to polite society, the discourse, discourse with polite society, especially by the way, he's holding the highest office in this land. Why can't a company, why can't Twitter start to abolish and punish other ideological things that maybe liberals find more righteous, right? Like uh, if everybody that used the all cops or bastards hashtag got banned from Twitter, liberals would be having the same exodus 
potentially as as conservatives are having right now right if if so par parlor parlay i don't care about that app enough to like to really get into to pronouncing it correctly but if that that app got taken off of amazon web services which if you're not familiar is like amazon web services is controlling the back end of most websites like hosting services and shit like that that is amazon has a monopoly amazon google twitter these are like this is what i'm saying like these are not these are not just private companies these companies hold the keys to society at this point and i think there's a response so so like if they were banning if they if they shut down the websites of anyone that used the uh all cops or bastards hashtag or defund the police or abolish the police um because and and I, I you know I could argue that the the defund the police the the sentiment behind it is more righteous than what's going on that what went on than what went on at the Capitol, but I don't think it should be done on a line of what is and isn't righteous. We have guidelines for what make free speech possible, and sure, again, a private company doesn't have to adhere to free speech guidelines. But they're de- they're unregulated, basically, in that case. And th- if that's the case, if we just say, "Oh, they're a private company; they can do whatever they want," then they're unregulated. Um, imagine, um, I mean, this is already happening, right? Like we've seen deplatforming, but but we've seen deplatforming, but not at this level. It's it's just insane that the president of the United States is off Twitter again. Donald Trump being off Twitter in a vacuum is better for America. But the this actually, I believe, increases. If you if you accept this, then you accept the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They now have more influence than we ever would have wanted. They have more control over this company, this country's future than the president of the United States. That's what we've learned is that is that. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they have more influence over this country's future than the president, the acting president of the United States. And I don't think we trust those guys, Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and the other ones, those people, maybe they're not all guys. I don't think we trust them more than we trust a democratically elected president. This dude sucks. Don't get me wrong. But it's a bad precedent. It's a scary precedent, in my opinion. All right. Um, That's it. I'm fucking exacerbated by... Exacerbated? Exasperated? Yeah, I'm exasperated. Exacerbated something different. I'm exasperated by the world, by the situation. I hope you enjoyed Greg Beachler and uh, please go check out sports jokes on my YouTube page. Get me up to a hundred subscribers for fucking Christ's sake. So I can get my own URL. Please do that. Please subscribe. Find me on Instagram, TikTok, untapped at the Casey McLean. Thank you for listening or watching or watching. And uh, I will talk to you next week. (laughs) 